Hi, everybody. Welcome to Mediocre Conversations with Tom and Drew. I'm Tom. I'm Drew. Hmm. And this is the only podcast where we can guarantee the only thing you'll hear is mediocrity. What do we got this week, Tom? That's right. What do we have this week? Yeah, what do we got this week? What are we going to lull these people to sleep with? Oh, hold on. I have food coming in real quick. Oh, you are the worst podcast co-host slash friend i know thanks and she brought me a cupcake oh she brought you a cupcake right. oh my god i'll be sure not to eat it until we're done though Thank all you. right that's not gonna happen <sighs> no i always wait you'll just mute it well we had uh we have a bit of a conversation before we pushed record mm-hmm. just about inclusivity which kind of goes a little bit with what we didn't touch on last week yeah, with Master Woods questions. Master Woods questions, yeah. Um, and I kind of have a question before we go into that. Now, are there were there like different religions within the Jedi? Because they come from different tribes and different backgrounds and everything. Kind of, right? I mean, I know they're swooped up. But even even where they're, you know they're all taken as kids so they don't really have any any other background other than they know that they can move shit with their mind somehow maybe maybe even like what's the age what's the what's the usual introductory age you know do the, the jedi yeah because like they don't just know right and right off the bat when you're a, a little tiny infant yeah they really do. yeah so I don't know exactly how this works. Here's my here's my guess is that when when people have a child, mm. they probably get blood typed or something wherever they even out in the like small tribes in the dust dunes. No. So okay. Um like when we go to Tatooine and the original trilogy, or I'm sorry, the prequel trilogy, mm-hmm. and Qui-Gon says if he'd been born in the Republic, we would have caught him early. Yeah. So, like, to me, that says, like, you go to a hot, let's say you go to a hospital, you have a baby. Like, they're going to deliver that baby, clean him up or her up. Mm-hmm. And they're probably going to do things like blood type it, right? So, a little bit of blood ends up in some kind of, like, quote-unquote, centrifuge. Yep, centrifuge that analyzes it. And there's probably some, like, government run tests like they all do right yeah where it's like oh did your baby spike for midichlorians yes or no and if you get like a yes tab they send a jedi out to as you might put it snatch that baby away from its family without their consent hey i bet they paid good money for those babies they did not pay any money for those babies they were they talked those parents into giving them over every time wink um wink nod Okay, that's fine. But there were still many Jedi Order centers over the galaxy, right? They all didn't go to Jedi-topia to learn, or did they? So in the past, like in the distant past, there used to be Jedi like temples and what they would call praxiums, like her learning centers. Uh Uh-huh. Um, strewn out across the galaxy but those iterations of the jedi order failed and we get the one that we see in the movies 
And from what we know there, primarily everyone is brought to the temple on Coruscant, and that's where they live and learn and grow up and until you're a knight, and then you leave the temple and you go out to the galaxy and you have adventures and try and help people. Adventures. Well, I mean, government I work. Government, yeah, you're, yeah. The government asks you to go somewhere and handle a problem and you do it because you, you think that's the best thing for society. Yeah, because that's who pays your bills. Um, <clears throat> that's right. So then I guess the Jedi order is their religion right i'm just thinking yes. like there, there weren't other you know like other influences or traditions that maybe if they were you know if they were taken from a certain culture they don't have any of that anymore right all of that gets replaced with right. with the jedi that is the goal at least yes yeah are there ever any instances where kids kind of like figure out what happened and were kind of upset about what happened? About sure like it's being ripped out of their family and stuff. I know you hate when I refer to it like that, but I have to assume that some kid is going to interpret it that way at right. some so, point. Right. So let me ask you this. Like um, you grew up like you did. Right. And then someone comes to you and says, actually, um, we, someone took you from your family and placed you with the people that you grew up in. Like, yeah. Do you immediately think like, oh, well, these people are bad and they took me away from my real family and none of the experiences that I had growing up matter now. It's all invalidated. Oh, I don't think that it invalidates what's happened, but like, if you have, you have a child or something that, you know, maybe some, maybe they don't feel welcome or maybe they feel out of place or, or something. Sure. even though they're supposed to be taught to not have any of those types of things. Um, right. Especially if they're all angsty and whatnot. So then, we, we don't get it too much in the way of like Jedi initiates or young Padawans being quote unquote angsty. Like the, the most that we sure. really get, and it's not in, really important to the story in any way is that like, they have their own thoughts and ideas. And so they don't necessarily immediately believe the people who are teaching them until something later on in the story validates what the teacher said. And then the younger, less worldwide, you know, person in the story, like comes around to that way of thinking. So it's very difficult for me to argue this side of things because the stories that we see, whether it's books, comics, or movies, don't approach the world from the direction that you're approaching it, which is that it's real. Like you're, mm -hmm. you're applying very, very common and um, predictable human behavior to people who are not human and they have no reason to be for the purposes of the story sure. so like it's difficult for me to to argue that side of it my 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 speculation is that like of course you're going to have kids of varying ages go through you know an angsty stage as we've been calling it or that kind of thing where they kind of buck against authority everybody does that that's ingrained in human nature like yeah. my, I have a two-year-old nephew who has literally, like, because he was born in the middle of the pandemic, 
literally has has not interacted with other kids his own age. Oh man. Or, or people outside of his family, like his immediate family. Yeah. And we're not a big family. We don't have his world is very small right now. I don't have five brothers and sisters who have yeah. kids. Like and and you know, and that's it. Yeah. So I mean, like his his circle is about nine people big, if that. Yeah. And so like <clears throat> like he just doesn't know any better. But even he is like his favorite word in the whole world is no. Right. Like, hey, Jameson, you want a bottle? No. Do you want to go outside and, and play? No. Do you want, can I take away your toys? No. It's just someone said something in his direction. So he's going to respond with no. Right. So like, it's normal that people buck against, you know, the structures because that's how they're growing. Right. Like they're trying to figure out like where their boundaries are. You know, this is a soft boundary. This is a hard boundary. This is something I can get away with. This is something I can't get away with, you know? And like, we just naturally do those things, whether you're a person doing a podcast about star Wars or the people that are in that story. Right. Like, yeah. So do people like, I'm sure that the people where every Jedi was born have their own cultural, religious and ethnic identities. Mm -hmm. And therefore they're going to have their own like traditions, you know, um, and just like the way that their people quote unquote do things, how they yeah. teach, how they teach their kids, how they govern themselves, you know, and, you know, and what they generally believe in. But <clears throat> Jedi would only learn about those kinds of things academically. And the order itself would do, would go to pretty great lengths, I think, to insulate those kids from learning directly about where they come from. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the Jedi order may not be the absolute epitome of what it's like to develop folks along like the, the lines of quote unquote humanity. Yeah. But like they're, they're on a mission to try and, and better a lot of other people's lives. Like they, the, the greater good matters quite a lot to them. And it's as lame as it is to say, it's easier to do that when everybody's on board. Mm -hmm. And this, this iteration of the Jedi order has taken great steps not great good, but like great and massive steps to ensure that everybody's on the same page. Mm -hmm. Because the, the last thing that they want is for what, exactly what happened to Anakin, right? Yeah. That, that is the eventuality that they are hedging against for generations upon generations of teaching in this version of the order. And so like, as you and I have discussed before, that's why Anakin Skywalker has got to be the single greatest failure of the Jedi order because they had, they could have just been like, no, we're not going to teach you. Sorry. Yeah. You're 10, you know, yeah. and said, and instead like, you know, it starts with Qui-Gon, right? Like Qui-Gon's convinced that this kid is going to be the solution. And then he convinced because he has such influence over Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan buys into it. And then Obi-Wan fails, right? And he admits, Obi-Wan admits that much to Anakin or Vader at that point, right? Like, sorry, Anakin, failed I, you. I failed you. I failed you, Anakin. And like, you can, you can interpret that a number of different ways. The way that I choose to interpret it is that it's like, oh, you can, you allowed him to continue down a path that led to this eventuality. Yeah, you absolutely did fail him. Sorry. Like, I don't yeah. know that you could have prevented it, but you did fail him. And it's the order 
it's the people in the order who make the decisions. Yoda, Mace, the council, they all messed up. Yeah. You know, and and it's like, this was the thing that you guys couldn't allow to happen that you absolutely did allow to happen. But like, there's no perfect system. And like, I think that like someone said something like, as long as there's a system in place, something's going to exist. It's going to destroy that system or like mess it up. Sure. Like the human body has germs, right? Like we constantly try to fight off germs or uh, viruses, you know, and you know, the Jedi order their, their virus is the Sith. And this time the Sith won, you know? And so, but like, even though it might be despicable and like, let's not in any way, shape or form misunderstand that. I think that what they do (laughs) is not great from like a moral perspective. We're talking Jedi here. We're talking Jedi. Okay. Like when they, like if you and your wife had a baby and the Jedi Mm -hmm. show up and they're like, you need to give us that baby. It's force sensitive. Like I'm on your side. Yeah. Right. Like it should be your choice. Right. You know, and like, but I have no example of a time when a Jedi showed up to someone's house and they were like, no, thanks. We're not going to give you this baby. Right. Like as a story device that had, they have to be able to replenish their numbers and they don't have attachments. So they don't have sex. And they don't procreate. Right. Um, but like, you know, there are a bunch of different races that come from all kinds of different planets. Right. Yeah. And a lot of them are sort of centralized on like a certain way of living, right? Like yeah, Wookiees, whatnot, that they live in a giant tree right. planet for the most yeah. part. Like if there was a, if there was like a Wookiee Jedi, which I don't know that there, there've been a couple. Yeah. Okay. But I got to imagine they have to be like, I am clearly different from everyone else around here. Sure. And like, you know, they're constantly reinforced to have no attachments to anything. Mm-hmm. I, I got to imagine that there would be some sort of, or maybe not, maybe that can all be weeded out, but just like, of like, I learned that, that there's that my people are like, they do things this way. That sounds really cool. I wish that I could be a part of that, but I, I have to forsake all of that because of this, you know, disease i was born with it's so fun how different you can interpret uh the force depending on how you're talking about it don't you like how i keep doing that i really do it doesn't make me <laughs> upset at all so but it's just interesting i mean i know that, that hasn't been referenced or anything but that's had to have happened you think oh yeah i mean like the situations that you that you propose in our podcast i i have to think like over the course of the thousands of generations that like the Jedi order has been around that like they have run up against those things that you're think, you know, you're, that you're interpreting and thinking of. I just don't know all of the specific examples because. Sure. I'm not asking you to cite on what page and what book this thing occurred, but you have, you have collectively more Jedi knowledge than anyone else I know put together so this is more your best guesstimation on how things would operate given the parameters that i have set yeah the the, number one premise of our podcast yeah so i'm on board with your oh good yeah we're 20 episodes in you're good 20 this is this will be 24 (laughs) okay 
You're good with that? All right, cool. You would know if you listen to we, our podcast. I listen to the ones I'm not on. I know. You listen to like three episodes. Yeah, exactly three. All right. Um, so we still have a couple of uh, questions from, from Master Woods, which we kind of touched on. Master Woods 2.0, you could that's say. That's right. Uh, we kind of touched on one a bit, but like, what are your thoughts on female characters and how they're represented in Star Wars throughout the many eras, it says? So, okay. So I'm just going to, I'm going to take this like chronologically, right? So we're going to start off with like episode four, New Hope. So you don't have yeah. too many characters that start are in the middle. I will. Thanks. I, the middle chronologically. Of the story you had so you st- you don't have too many female characters in the very first film mm-hmm. you get you get leia basically is the number one character right so yeah so i would say that leia wasn't this i don't know i didn't live in 1970 i was a couple years off from being born at that point but like i would say leia is set up to be you know, very young, but very, very adept character. She's a senator at the age of 18 from a very important planet, mm-hmm. you know, and like we see her that she's like used to being in charge. And it's yeah. only after she gets like abducted by the fascist regime regime that runs the galaxy that you see her like show any kind of fear. Right. And like, even when yeah. Luke and Han go to rescue her, uh, in the detention block, she's like a little short to be a stormtrooper, aren't you? You know, she's kind of got a little sass. Quite like, sassy, especially in, even after they've identified, like, we're going to. Right. We're risking our lives to help you. Because even if, like if that isn't Luke Skywalker or somebody like that stormtrooper probably walks up and hits her in the face with his gun. <laughs> I mean, like. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like that was a risk, you know, in my opinion, you know, but, so, but like, like she so she she grew up well off, right? senator's oh, daughter or like, she's a princess like she's a legit Bail princess right? runs that planet yeah so yeah I mean, like, yeah yeah it makes sense well that off. she would in any situation then just be able to project herself like that and get whatever she needs done harry fisher nailed it yeah yeah so she yeah 100 you know and so but she's really the only character in the film so like in the next film like empire you know she's still the primary character and then, you know, Jedi, we, we eventually get more women on camera. Yeah. But they're just basically background characters. But then we get the prequel trilogies, trilogy. And so then we get Natalie Portman. There's a lot more women in the cast. Also super young, super powerful you know, and, if, and important. Yeah. And if you go, I mean, like, just for like, if you go back and like watch Phantom Menace, Natalie Portman looks like a baby on, yeah. the, on the screen like she looks super young and so but yeah you're right like she's a, she's essentially like a different version of leia like she's a politician she's basically in charge of the planet you know and so like com, com, very politically adept you know strong-willed used to getting her way you know and so like, she inserts herself into when um obi-wan and qui-gon go into uh, most eisley you know, to try and figure out how to get them off tattooing, right? Like she joins up, you know, you know, so she's, 
you know, not somebody who's going to sit back and cower in the corner. Yeah. You know, and so, but, and then the prequel trilogies, you start to see like women take on roles that um, maybe not leading roles, but certainly like that second level of character. So like Zam Wessel, the bounty hunter in Attack of the Clones, who Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan dives out the window like a badass and grabs onto that droid. Yeah. Or chasing her. Yeah. That's a woman, you know, even like the Kaminoans, you know, even like alien races are now being voiced by, you know, women characters. And so Mm -hmm. I think that Mm -hmm. you're starting to just have them become like a more, I don't know, normal part of Star Wars. What? What was what was the arc for um what's her name in this in the uh, prequel trilogies? I'm gonna need a little more to go on then. No, the Natalie Portman's character. I cannot remember. Oh, Padme Amidala. Padme, yeah, yeah. So Padme, she what what's the arc across the three uh the three movies? She starts out, you know, she's um uh a twelve month old princess, right? Queen. No, she's queen, right? She's queen of Naboo, yeah. She's queen. She just learned like how to walk, and now she's queen. Elected office, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She uh, has um, a detail of lookalikes. Yep. Um, one of which gets assassinated. One of which is also Kira Knightley. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought it was interesting. Although not assassinated, right? So it, It's the- only assassinated if they are a political figure. If you're the political figure's body double... You then you just killed. get downgraded to straight murder. Yeah, you're collateral damage. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're a footnote. Um, so body double decoy gets killed. Corday, I she, believe. Yeah. Yeah. She um she she handles um an agreement between her and the bubble people, right? The Gungans, yep. The Gungans. She 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 expertly does that. Mm-hmm. Um, begs for their help yeah yeah uh misa like this <laughs> uh kind of she meets anakin mm. somewhere in here right that's a bummer yep yeah yeah and he he throws his game down are you an angel yeah. and she she picks up on that that was pretty smooth though yeah that dude had no fear whatsoever <laughs> like if i was at 10 i was like uh girls are stupid and they have cooties so <laughs> Right. Oh, uh, we also have his mom. His mom is a female. But anyway, uh, uh, I'm on I'm on Padme right now. Gotcha. In the second one. Yep. This is like what ten years later. Yep. She's she's now twenty mm-hmm. something. He's still yeah, a- mid twenties. Yep. And what is she doing in this one? Is she so? Um, what's his name? Still hasn't taken over. Does he not? Does he? Does he not take over until the third one, or is the third one with him in power? So he gets elected supreme chancellor in the, at the end of the first one. He then starts manipulating the process in the second one, and then he officially lightnings himself in the face, and then takes over as emperor in the third one. Right. Right. So what's she doing in the third one? I mean, she's she's kind of in the second one. I know she. Once her and Anakin like decide that they love each other, she's able to fight really well, right? Yes, they they get thrown into a pit, and she's like, "Check out this!" And she does all kinds of cool shit and stays alive. 
Yeah, she has a gun that's roughly three times the size of any <laughs> acceptably manufactured gun. Um, now, part yeah. part of that is that Natalie Portman is not a very physically large actress; right. she's quite tiny. But like, yeah. So number two is the one where they're like chained to those pillars, and the yeah, animals okay. attack them. And so she's in the white getup that, yeah, like shot. She's most known midriff for. torn away, right? So yeah. Um, she gets knocked out of. She's the still chopper. important in this one, right? Like she's still. Padme Amidala is one of the most important characters in Star Wars, if not just the prequel trilogy. So I mean, I feel like um, they didn't do a good job of showing that, though. Well, so they tried, right? So this was the whole like, so the Clone Wars television show dive mm. dove into this idea a lot, a lot to a greater extent. Yeah, and like, so the thing that everyone bitches about when it comes to the prequel trilogy is that like, you know. This is concerning the taxation of trade routes. And I'm like, well, it's called setting up a scene, you assholes. <laughs> like, you know, and like that's the that's how Padme gets introduced. It's like her planet is the target of this like yeah. political setup that like Darth Sidious is using the Trade Federation so that he can elevate himself politically. And everyone hated that idea. It's like, oh, I don't care about trade routes. Where's the where's the lightsabers? Right. Give me the lightsabers. Screw like, subtext. Well, yeah, we don't need subtext around yeah. here. This is Star Wars. So, I mean, like, um, sorry. I just really don't. I'm, no, I, no. I like we struck argument. a nerve. No, I get it. Yeah, That's yeah. cool. Taxation We're here to talk it out. I care about the taxation of trade routes. So, but, like, yeah. she is, in order to keep her to be a relevant member of, like, whatever it is, the cartoon show, the movies, she has to have some kind of role in the conflict. And so, yeah. Like just like Leia was, like as far as like a politician and like the leader of the rebellion, Padme Amidala is a politician who's like fighting to try and preserve the liberty, you know, that the Galactic Republic is trying to provide. And so she unfortunately fails along with everybody else. So correct me if I'm wrong. It's been a while since I've seen them, but to me, it it sort of feels like she's really her power is established pretty well in the first one. And as the movies progress, she becomes more and more of oh, Anakin. Oh, so Anakin, I love you. Anakin, we need to be, we can't, we should, I'm pregnant. Anakin, right. don't choke me. You know, oh. <clears throat> so quick sidebar. I read an article today on the internet that said the original idea for that scene where Anakin chokes Padme yeah. was that he was going to choke her, pick her up and throw her into a wall with oh the my. force. And they, apparently the script was like four hours worth of movie. Yeah. And they were like, George, you gotta you gotta trim this by half. And so he was like, you know what? We'll just have her choke him choke her. Yeah. And then we'll just cut out the wall throwing part. And I was like, that's probably a really good call. <laughs> sure. Good, good one, George. Sure. Why did you have the wall part in the first draft of the thing? So but she kind of devolves. She does. And and they I feel like they focus more. I mean, I I guess I kind of get it. Like they just want to have him devolve also they, they, right. they wanted to really show their love right to make that turn a little bit more devastating yes but her, her character i think it's less and less prestigious if i'm remembering correctly and because she just kind of it, it all becomes about anakin towards the end instead of like really showing how important she was and how because you know he, she dies. Yep. But she died uh, a vessel for children and birth and not she, she died 
uh, a outstanding citizen and contributor to the well-being of a whole fucking planet. Right. Exactly. You know, they really they really took that all away from her. I feel like. So I did. I was. So there are a number of reasons why, like short, like things about Star Wars, especially you know, each of the trilogies that you can point to and be like, "Ooh, that's a shame." Um, like it's a shame in the sequel trilogy that they just recycled the original trilogy as far as the scripts were concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, oh, the planet's a bigger version of the Death Star. Oh, disappointment. But like with with Padme, you're right. Like it's like she goes from being like the leader of a planet who makes peace with this other race that lives on her home world. That that couldn't meets. they weren't peaceful for years, right? Correct. They they had very rarely, if ever, gotten along. Yeah. And like leads them to a new future together where they can actually get along and work with one another. That's huge. Yeah. And then in the second one, this is her like action thriller, right? Like she's out there standing neck, you know, side by side with Jedi fighting a whole arena full of Geonosians and yeah. like doing like takes a gets knocked out of a goddamn helicopter basically and like lands on a dune. I've never done that. I don't want to do it. <laughs> no. You know, like and then like the clone runs up to her and she, he's like, What do you want to do? And she was like, Let's get a transport and get back in the fight. And I was like, ah, dude, I probably just like yeah at the rest of the get me to safety right but like she's like no dude front lines let's hit it and that's like her martial moment right that's where she's like i'm gonna kick ass and take names and then you're right in the third one she's this like i'm combing my hair on the balcony at sunset i'm talking about wanting to raise our baby by the lake you know and they'll never let us be together right and i'm like I can understand that you have this side of you, but like when you have this kid, your career's over. Like, (laughs) I mean, you know, like, I don't know. I'm sure that there are other senators or whatever that have kids. Oh, sure. Have you, but like, she's talking about like raising the kid in a homestead on her home planet, not where she works. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, and she's really gooey about it. Yeah, that was, yeah, that's, that's the main thing that I think, you know, and so like, maybe that's for like a younger target demographic than like, say you or I were when we watched them or like reviewing them now to try and convey the kind of feelings that the character is trying to, you know, that they're actually experiencing. But like, I did think that it was like, you know, she's not like, they've got her like in dresses and like yeah. she's very weepy about everything and I, which i'm fine with i'm fine with that but like yeah she's still some sort of political figure and the only yeah. times that that we see her doing any politics is when she's losing it to right. uh what's his name you know yeah. i'm pretty terrible with names today for some reason that's all right i got your back <laughs> thanks by the way uh i'm perfectly okay with being wrong about any of my uh uh, opinions about yeah. about these things i'm not. feel free to yeah. feel free to let me know if I'm wrong. no but like so i just i just wasn't thrilled with the way that she was portrayed in three yeah. as opposed to the first two now in the i will say that yeah. she gets a little bit of redemption in the in the television show because in the clone wars across all the seasons like all what six or seven seasons like she is portrayed as like an incredibly competent influential politician who sticks by her guns in the face of extreme odds you know and then also has this boyfriend love interest jedi 
mm-hmm. that she manages, you know, and like is able to keep all juggling all those balls in the air at the same time. And like, I think that the television show, no, I'm not saying that Natalie Portman did a bad job. I just think that the television show did a better job of representing the character of Padme Amidala. Well, they had a lot more time to do what they needed to do. They and did. the I think the main thing that they wanted to show in the third one was they wanted Anakin's downfall to be as impactful as possible. Right. Right. And if so he, if to do that, it's to only show the time and they're sitting in, with the flowers talking about their future together and their love and everything. Right. Meanwhile, she's like, I'm on my lunch break. I have, I have another, you know, deal to brokerage later today. I'm literally trying to save everyone's freedom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, I will say, um, I really like Leia in the sequel trilogies. Mm-hmm. At least, like, her character has like an air of I've been through some shit. Yeah, get out of my way. <laughs> yeah, I, I've I've done a lot of this, and like, even though the only book I've read is not canon anymore, it 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 really feels like you know she'd been through some shit like her whole thing from when i was uh, took a peek into her past it was just we have this new government that we need to instill across a few planets so let's be about it also i'm kind of a jedi so you know like, you know what i think would be fun is if someone oh so like you know in game of thrones like when khaleesi gets introduced and it's like she they list off all of her oh my god yeah it gets longer and longer yeah and so like the breaker of chains mother of dragons all this good stuff (laughs) the unbent yeah um i want someone to take the legends banner leia yeah and list out her fucking accomplishments because it reads like elected to yeah basically represent a planet at 18 years of age that planet gets destroyed she organizes like, uh, all the refugees to a new homeland runs the new government oh and just drop it in her free time and retirement becomes a jedi master what i want is paul bettany's character in a knight's tale <laughs> before he when he's introducing uh heath ledger's character i think before, we just, before they duel we invite paul bettany on the show <laughs> yeah if he's You're not like, busy Hey, Paul, just real quick. Can you just like freestyle at me. Leia, yeah. Legends Banner style? This is all it is. Uh, so we also have Shmi in, in the C prequel trilogy. It's all trying to get out at once. Wow. All the words. Uh, Apparently it's been a long day. Yeah. Uh, and she's just a slave. Yes. With a kid. Yep. Baby Jesus. Basically. That, y- yeah. So, like, imagine her life for a second, right? Here you are, owned by another creature. And then it's like, well, I'm not married, but somehow got pregnant. How am I dealing with this psychologically, right? You never convince anybody of that ever, ever. I mean, like, there are people in our world that have been like, I didn't sleep with anybody. This is an immaculate child. And everyone's like, come on, Janet yeah really immaculate conception but shmi skywalker legit had it i got to imagine i mean they have they you know they hook you up to a machine and they tell you how many midichlorians you got i got they got to be able to also tell you 
every single section of DNA in that, and oh. that you get a printout. That's not just yes, no yeah. for sensitive, but every, every fucking line. Oh, they got that map. Every genome. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Genome project accomplished. <laughs> so yeah. there's no, there's no doubt. They, they, they would have seen, I mean, it had to be somebody's DNA, right? So no, I, okay. I don't think that's the case. Like, I don't know how it works, but this is, this is what yeah. we know about Anakin Skywalker's birth. That's canon. He somehow the force created him. End of canon. Neat. So and I mean, Shmi, Shmi was the lottery winner that got to carry the baby to term. Yeah. So that that's basically all she was for, right? She was to explain. She was to be the personal account of Anakin. And then to fuel his rage later on, that was it. I don't know anybody that wouldn't be upset by what happened to her. She no, had no. it rough. But like, that was it again. Her, her story started with birthing a child. Yes. And then ended as her normal life was, which was a slave. She was traded and then murdered. She got freed right? and married. married okay. Uncle that's right. Dad. Okay. And then Tuscan Raiders stole her and used her as a slave again and beat her to death. Yeah. Not great. And he got there just not in time. Correct. And then he also abandoned her to go to be with the Jedi. Here's your miracle baby that you had for 10 years. Yeah. And then he was like, ah, oh, peace out. Bye. Can I go, mom? Can I? Well... Sorry, so that's like one instance where she was like, I do not want my child to be a slave. This yes, is a right. way for him to not be a slave to, well, he's a slave in one way or another. <laughs> but a much better life. His life didn't perceive. I mean, to try and have a much better life didn't turn out that way. He's sadly. He to sum to sum her up she's an incredibly strong yeah very very i think mature person yeah who had who was just dealt an absolutely horrific hand in life yeah for sure so if she's a giant tale of sadness yeah if the force has any mercy to it like she's got a special place in the force like yeah 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 of course, and then we get to the sequel trilogy, right? And you talked about Leia a little bit, but I want to talk about Ray. Yeah. Because, and I've said this before on the podcast, like I went into The Force Awakens, I walked into that theater terrified at what they were going to do, right? Like, how are you going to hand over the torch that you've literally been yeah, having the same three characters carry for 40 years? Yeah. And they introduce Ray, no last name, Palpatine slash Skywalker. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, hopefully the, Savage doesn't listen to this one. Well, um, he doesn't. So, like, um, yeah, by the end of it, by the end of that first film, I'm like, I'm walking out of the theater, like, I'm skipping up. I jump up in the air, click my heels together. I'm like, Star Wars is gonna be fine. Double <laughs> thumbs up yeah there's my t-shirt you know yeah so like, yeah yeah and this I, was after you watched it 
after I watched The Force Awakens, I'm okay. literally skipping out of the theater, thrilled, tears okay. of relief in my beard. Everything's <laughs> going to be fine, right? Like, we're, yeah, we have not fucked up the torch handoff, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Stuck because, the landing because Ray is awesome as yeah. a character. Totally great. Starts off a little bit naive. Of course, you got like the she's 18, 20 years old. That's because what every burgeoning Jedi has to be apparently in order to figure shit out. So like totally takes the same journey that Luke did, right? Like you becoming the hero, learning about yourself. And I was just, I was just, my chips were in the middle. I'm betting on this character. Yeah. And it hurts so much. It hurts so badly that so many people don't like the sequel trilogy mm. because if there's one thing I know that the media can accomplish, it's like it can amplify the, the voice of a small group of assholes oh, to yeah. the point where like the good thing that came out of this might be diminished because you motherfuckers just can't keep your voices down and appreciate what you got. Yeah. Yeah. What, what specifically do they not like about it? So the, the number one thing that I think that people dislike about the sequel trilogy is that it was too much like the original trilogy. The parallels oh, sure. were hit you in the face. Obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Star Which makes sense. Base. Yeah, I agree. I'm with them on that point. Yeah. It makes sense but, why they did that too. Yes. Like we got a new generation. Yeah. JJ Abrams oh, is yeah, in charge of this. And that's the only <laughs> thing this guy knows how to do anymore is recycle old scripts. Yeah. So, but and if you if you take a look back at like the time that that trilogy was being developed, it was very clear that like when you listen to like interviews from like cast members, when you read things about the development process, there was no clarity of vision, mm -hmm. and the plan from you know episode seven to episode eight changed, and the plan from episode eight to episode nine changed. Yeah, and so. Like you even hear like Mark Hamill himself said, like after um, episode eight came out, like he was like, I, I felt like I was playing Jake Skywalker. You know, like there is no sure. Jake Skywalker. What you mean is that the character didn't feel familiar to you. Right. You yeah. Know? So like, and that's what I think people felt was that like, this doesn't necessarily feel like Star Wars. And so they didn't want anything to do with it. And they didn't yeah. want to, they didn't want to like the characters that were in it, but Ray is the perfect character to drive the next generation of fans. Yeah. And I, I've heard recently that Daisy Ridley has signed on for three more projects. I'm hoping that's Ryan Johnson's trilogy. Yeah. And I'm good. hoping that he advances her character because we don't have anything right now, years after the trilogy is done that advances mm -hmm. those characters storylines. Yeah. Now I'm not, complaining too much about it because in the meantime we got the mandalorian right in the book of boba fett and they're developing a whole we got stuff to do of television shows but i i want even though i don't like finn like it's very clear to me that th they have a design on him becoming a, a force sensitive mm, yeah and so like i want to see what how that happens does ray train him does he go a different direction entirely is he her greatest enemy or her greatest ally? I don't know. I definitely want to know and find out. Yeah. You know? And so like, 
people were unhappy with the story for for nine and like her big reveal which i'm not gonna say but like why though why i don't know so like here's the thing about here's the thing about that reveal is that that's straight out of legends yeah what happened in nine was in comic books graphic novels you know all that stuff books that's that's where it all comes from like there there should be no one walking into that theater other than casuals so, who don't know that that reveal is a big part of star wars history yeah i think people are gonna people are gonna hate no matter what, right? Like, I think people really enjoy hating things yeah. that are very Popular. reverent and yeah. Well, make them seem smart, right? Like, here's this popular thing that everyone thinks is good. Right. I found this problem with it. I'm special. <laughs> right. I perceived this problem with it. Right. So, <clears throat> I, I guess then it's pretty fair to say that with the prequel trilogies, um they've decided to represent female characters quite a bit differently going forward from there right and so we haven't even talked about the character that i think is maybe the best version of a female character in the entire yeah banner of star wars which is ahsoka tano ahsoka tano did you think i was going to say somebody else because that would be awesome I thought you were going to say somebody else. Who do you think I was going to say? Laura Dern's character? Holdo? Oh, no, absolutely not. Holdo? Holdo, yeah. Holdo. She goes out like a boss, but like... She does. But no, that's not who I'm talking about. Okay, yeah. No, I, I should have known Ahsoka Tano. But right, she's not in She's not in the prequel. She's not in the movies yet, right? She's in none of the films, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was in the animated kids show, The Clone Wars. Yeah. And the animated kids movie, The Clone Wars, which was where she was introduced and goes on a character journey that takes her from kind of this annoying brat to like competent, takes care of herself, young woman Mm -hmm. who then shows up in Rebels as like a leader. And now she's going to get her own TV show. Like, there has been almost, I mean, like, by the time her show's over, there will be almost as much content for Ahsoka Tano as there is any of the other main characters. Yeah. You know, and, and like, I am amped for her show. Now, I wish that, I will say that I kind of wish that Ashley Eckstein, who was the voice actor who did Ahsoka in the cartoon show, I wish they had given that role to ashley for the television right, show right but they went with rosario dawson who was awesome and i don't know that i can really be too that upset about it you know yeah so um i feel like the yeah. third movie has a lot of female representation right you have uh you have the the one girl that stops poe no finn from leaving oh rose yep rose right and like you have uh, uh, Leia and Holdo, and they're mm-hmm. they're top level, yeah. And they clearly like know a lot about what's going on. Uh, Rose's sister in mm-hmm. the in the opening sequence, she's she like 
sacrifices he's, herself to take out a destroyer. He did a real good job. <laughs> and a lot of this, uh, Poe caused all the fucking problems for. Yeah, he was the he um, he 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 mansplained the whole goddamn movie, right? And then still comes out like, oh, everyone around me caused success. I'm a winner, right? You know. Like, Poe po does not come off well in The Last Jedi. No. No. Holdo, yeah. I just thought one of my favorite scenes in a oh, movie God. forever. My heart had stopped for like a minute straight. I'm lucky to be alive Yeah, when it went when, through. When when her when she went out, this was my reaction. I don't know that I was going to be able to come across too well <laughs> in audio. My reaction was... Oh! Yeah. And I just, I just, I just stood like a dumbass in His the hands theater, are my up. hands up, eyes wide for like. Yeah. That was a great scene. Yeah, that was an awesome, yeah, 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 and yeah. great scene. And that's basically like, it's like a, a central theme I think of that particular movie where it's just like, it's not always a hammer's job, and also, right. also there's more at play here than what's in front of your own face. And there's got to be people around you that know a lot more of what's going on and know a lot more about what's at stake. And you can't just be like, guys, I have an idea. My idea is going to work yeah. for this one thing. Poe's entire problem in the eighth film is that he doesn't trust anybody else. Yeah. Regardless of rank or yeah. shown anything otherwise or... Yeah. You are in the fucking military. Shut up. That's what's weird, right? Yes. It's like you, when you're in the military, they spend a very long time telling you you don't matter and right. teaching you to listen to the person ahead of you. Right. And that, that, because that is it. Chain of command or people die, right? Right. So how do you roll up and be like, oh, general, this is General Holdo, right? Yep. Which is, yeah, oh, person who outranks me by a bajillion ranks? Right. You're wrong. Okay. This is this is why he's the new Han Solo. Sure. It's because you know, you can't trust anybody but yourself. You have an idea. It's this crazy, stupid idea. It's got a one in six thousand eight hundred and twenty-one to succeed, and you take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And things succeed. Mm -hmm. not in a way that they didn't really have to there could have been other ways right but right. your way worked so congrats you know i think that the performance at the beginning was how it was tells you everything you need to know about poe right where he's like we're taking out this one destroyer okay no we're gonna lose half our fleet which is 50 percent for us and they lost two percent no 0.02 percent of their with this destroyer, you know, he should have been court-martialed right then and there if it exists. I mean, that's the problem with like these like ragtag resistance movements, right? Is that like you can't court-martial people because like that's fourteen percent of your effective fighting force, right? Right. At least when Rogue One did it, she's like, "Hey guys, you have a choice." There's another great female character we haven't yeah. even talked about yet. Yeah, you have a choice. I'm doing this. Right. Feel free to help. We're gonna die. 
Like, you know, and, and he's just like, I will live. So I got this right. I don't care how many of you have to die. I will right. succeed. So the, the fun thing about the reason why she's different than Han Solo is that uh, she was hundred percent right. Like, Oh yeah. This is the only way that we're going to get this job done. Yeah. I'm sorry that you don't see it. So I'd love your help, but I know that I'm right. I know that we have to go do this. And she inspires people like by the, you know, right before she gives her speech in front of the rebel Alliance and, um, you know, you know, rebellions are built on hope, you know, that whole line, that's a great line. You know, they get off that fucking rogue one transport that they steal and yeah. she and Andor are at odds. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, Oh, you were going to kill my dad. And he was like, yeah, maybe you don't get it though. I've been right. in this, you know, I've been in this fight forever. You just got here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're shitting all over this thing that I pledged my life to like, but he comes around, she convinces him. Yeah. It's like, I'd rather go out like this fighting and trying and like doing everything I can for freedom. So I don't have to live under the yoke of this fascist asshole. Yeah. And, and she took and resources that she stole. Yep. She's not deplete. She's not taking away from the rebellion. Mm -hmm. She took five people, six people, maybe very. People. Yeah. Is that how many she took on the, on well, the that, transport? That transport was like a full, a whole strike team that they dropped off. So, I mean, I don't know about 30, but like it was more than five. I guess, I guess there were reinforcements, right? Like red leader, yellow leader. They, they ended up showing up. Yeah, they did. Quite a few people ended up dying the whole there. fleet basically. Yeah. Yeah. Just got trucked by that star destroyer. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen another ship bounce off of one before, but like I did then. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, I wonder if Poe's done too, or if he has some sort of redemption because he, he's kind of a shit bird. So at the end of the spoilers ahead, everybody, legit spoilers. So like at the end of nine, he is in charge of the resistance. Like yeah, Leia appoints him to be leader before she dies and silly he has redeeming qualities to him like yeah he people know that he's like he's he's the best pilot they have right the best pilot you fly good yeah lebron james is good at basketball should he be president some people think that he should but <laughs> no but America has a lot of um, experience now with celebrities becoming president. Fair. So maybe someday... Let's not, let's not, let's, it's a sad road. Let's not go down it. Yeah. More <laughs> tears and beard. So, yeah. Um, so I would say at the end of things, like Poe is going to have a very influential impact on what happens after the first yeah. order is destroyed. Um, but his is basically, like, hey, you learned your lesson, right? From all these shitty things you've done. You got it now. Like you understand humility and, and things he beyond did fail yourself. Quite a bit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Although Rose was Rose had a weird arc, right? Where she loved she was in love with Finn and sacrificed herself because he yeah. was gonna be an idiot. So there's still a lot of a few places where dudes are just like, I I'm Hulk smash TM. And uh, then the girls have to be like, no, that's dumb. You're being a dumb guy. And then they end up dying or getting hurt. Did Rose die? 
I know that she did not die. She made okay. it through. No one really dies. I mean, sure, in the force sense of it. No, like Aldo, in the, in the at the end of the films, like everyone is alive. Aldo is not alive. Yeah, but like, I mean, I know that you really like that character, but like she, she, she was in the movie for like fifteen minutes. So no, I, no, but I'm just saying, people did die. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, the people whose names appeared prior to the I movie see. starting didn't I die. See. Okay, that's fair. I guess well, Ray did die, and Kylo saved her. Ben saved her. Yeah, Leia. Leia did, but that she was the like point of these. Too, that was the whole point of this trilogy was that everyone was going to get a movie as their send off, and they had Carrie Fisher third, and unfortunately, yeah, yeah. Yeah. she passed away, and then we couldn't give her the send off that we had planned. Right, like so. I thought it was still good. Like, yeah, she's not in it very much, right? Luke's right. Luke Luke's uh, scene on crate was really good. <laughs> I particularly enjoyed it when Kylo ordered all of the adats to shoot him, and then he brushed his shoulders off like Jay Z. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It very much seems like all of the dudes in Star Wars really just want to smash your fucking face in, and all of the women have a lot more calculated and compassionate uh, takes on, on how to go about things. I can literally hear the four women that listen to this podcast being like, that's, (laughs) that's the history of the fucking planet, buddy. You know, like, I'm sorry guys. If you guys would stop breaking shit and messing things up, we, we would be living on the moon right now. If I'm mansplaining anything, it is very inadvertent. And I apologize immediately. Yeah, I don't, we don't even know that we're doing it. I don't. I just think of it as. And I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, this is more about their their portrayal, right? Their representation. So it's, I, it, it got a lot more throughout the years, right? Like these yeah. the the prequels uh, trilogy. There's a lot, mm-hmm. a lot more of that. Yes. So I do think that as much as our society and culture progresses, you're going to see Star Wars reflect that. Yeah. And I think that it may not happen for everybody as quickly as we would, we would like, but I do think that Star Wars is going to be as inclusive. They are going to be inclusive. That's as far as comfortable as I'm really gonna say i mean like without affecting their bottom line as much as they can i mean that's a part of it right like uh, disney is a company lucasfilms is a company their job is to make money as much as we may not like that and as much as we may think that that curbs their ability to promote a message even if the message is one that we feel is positive and good yeah you can't you cannot make that ship turn that quickly. No. The thing that they are going to do really well is like when someone like Gina Carano goes on Twitter and shoots her mouth off, they immediately fire her. Yeah. Shut that shit down. That's that's if you want quick, decisive action, that's the version that you're going to get. <laughs> and then we lose Rangers of the New Republic as a TV show because the star shot her mouth off even though yeah. you could very easily recast that character and almost anybody else and keep the show, which would be awesome. Yeah. I think the, the, the moral of that story is 
um, it's it's not as a, it's not always easy to know what's going to make you money, but it is a lot easier to know what's going to cost you money. Sure, yeah, that's a good point. You know, just to finish up on uh, women in Star Wars, yeah, like the way that I see it moving forward now is that for every male character we get, we're likely to get a female character. Like you get Boba Fett, you get Fennec Shand. Yeah. You know, you get the Mandalorian, you get Katie Sackhoff being Bo-Katan. You know, and like there's which rumors is great. Now, yes, which is great. And, like, and Ahsoka Tano was there. Yep, Ahsoka was there. You know, and so like here's one that I would like to see. I would like to see Hera from Star Wars Rebels make a live action debut in one of these shows. Mm. So I think that would be, she was a great character on Rebels. It's one of the better Star Wars products I think I've ever seen. And I would like to have that character be included more. She, baby Hera made an appearance in the Bad Batch. So maybe we'll get her there. Sure. But um, yeah, I think that women in Star Wars are going to be just fine. And if, and if anyone from Disney is listening to this podcast and the rumors about you guys making a show about Bo-Katan and the Night Owls is true, just, I just want to let you know, you got the thumbs up from mediocre <laughs> conversations to make that thing. Yeah. Okay. We'll we tell all it. of our follower about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have any other questions from Master Woods? I know we, we talked a lot about that last question. Yeah. Which, you know, we probably, the point there's the probably even more to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and if sure. we're wrong about any of it, or if you have other thoughts, anybody. Uh, mediocre conversations at gmail.com yeah we'll, uh, hit us up let us know be a wonderful outlet for you as as you can tell by listening to this particular episode we'll read them yeah and talk about them even yeah. if we have no idea what we're talking about yeah and give you credit that's right People like credit i think i'm pretty sure i'm gonna go with yes credit or blame yeah mostly credit well, this last question is hard for me to answer, so maybe you'll have a better opinion of it. It's about costume, the costumes that that are in, Cos the, in the cosplay. Well, costumes of the characters. Costumes, sure, yeah. It's okay, not okay. cosplay if you're the actual character. I don't think. Is it? You think Ahsoka Tano is like, or uh, the character that plays her, the actress no, that I, plays the character was like, check out my cosplay that I'm getting paid millions of dollars. No, I, I doubt. It. Okay, yeah, good point. Yeah. Uh, there's so many things to talk about symbolism universal universal explanations uh the real world influence consequences well you are doing a great job of reading that i'm gonna I've look seen that it. up i'm seeing if there's a question <laughs> okay so this, this is question this dead about... air is excellent for us <laughs> it's not called perfectly timed out thoughts with tom and drew you're right is it it is not so i mean some of the costumes or some of the wardrobe used really uh, explains where they're from within the galaxy right mm -hmm. like you you were mentioning um padme's iconic white costume with the midriff which is Haraway midriff popular in the appropriate room. for that area. She had abs. I mean, clearly working on her core. 
She had to to do that flippy thing over the thing, right? I mean, like if I had to do that, I would just be oh killed by that God. frog. I would just, I would just wait for one of my shoulders to separate from my body, and then I just know that Drew Forsythe is not making it out of the arena. You know, like this is where I die. Make peace with whichever gods you want, because yeah. uh, it's over. Yeah, Natalie, she made it out. Yeah. We might have to cut all this part. I know we're not doing a very good job. So, like, I mean, so let me just let me jump in here. So, uh, Master Wood says the following: Costumes. There are so many things that you could talk about with costumes in both terms of symbolism and universe explanation, in-universe explanations, and the real-world influence and consequences of said costumes. I can particularly talk forever about both Ahsoka, Tano, and Leia's costuming, but almost every character could have something interesting said about them, and that's. Uh, that's correct you know and like so think about let's just let's just kind of take the scale down a little bit here to like the mandalorian right yeah so like when so we start off with the mandalorian he's got his like ragtag armor he goes on that first mission he comes back we get you know episode two or three we get shiny new awesome armor right yeah slowly right yeah so he gets a pauldron first and then he gets the the rest of it after he hands over grogu and then um, we get the, you know, the mud horn stamp on the shoulder. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, of course, there are the other Mandalorians in the show, and their armor is all different, right? Boba Fett's armor, we see that. Cobb Vanth, you know, is played by Timothy Oliphant. He has it. It's all beaten up, scarred, dented, um, you know, scratched up, that kind of stuff. And, like, Mandalorian armor, at least at some point in the Legends banner, like, that what the color scheme that you picked yeah um like the way like the material that you use and like how you put that together that's that was as much like you advertising like who you were as a person It'd like be the like tribe that you're coming from right it's like yeah, exactly like uh the night owls yeah people bo katans place they're all blue right yeah and uh uh, uh boba fett now it, <clears throat> His is just that specific, like it only his is, are those the green and red and whatnot, right? That we have seen. Yep. That we've seen, right? And so is, um, and when we see the rest of the the Mandalorians in their, you know, hiding place, they, they're all a little different. They're all a little, um, they have different modifications here and there. Some of them have a jetpack. Boba Fett has the one missile. Right. Um, that if you shoot it out, you have to go back and get it and then put it back in. Uh, and yeah, the, Mandalorian's the figure that you have, yeah. Mandalorian's is all shiny, but like nondescript, right? It's also singular. There isn't anything else like it signifying that he's alone. Correct. Yep. So they use, it seems to me like they use costumes or, or outfits to tie them to one another to, or to, to something else in the universe. Right. And like the Jedi are much more nondescript, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's they're all supposed to mean like this is nothing. These are robes. They're pajamas. Yeah. They're brown. They're yeah. I got my you know, beige, beige on brown outfit yeah, on today. They're nondescript. Like I mean that not only I mean, this is like I think what you know Master Woods is talking about with costumes is that like they that says something about them yeah. to the audience. Yeah, you know, it's like 
hey, these guys, I mean, they're not putting any effort into this. This is utilitarian. It is unflashy. The opposite of what Mandalorians are, right? Like right. that armor for Mandalorians is brazen. It's like, hey, look at me. And it's completely functional. It's um, it's definitely like Mandalorians really good at fighting, right? Even yes. um, Din Djarin. Mm-hmm. It's nice. one on one on six, and he's like, "Sweet, I like these ads. Sweet, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah right." And and um, uh, then you have the Sith, mm-hmm. all black, like devoid of color, Very but still, easy. yeah, oh yeah, you you spot them anywhere. Like, I'll bet that guy is up to no good. Right, right. Still kind of flashy, like um, Darth Maul. He had like a fancy suit on to go with his fancy double saber deal. But like, you know, he had, you know, he had the robe, but then he would take that off and then he was all, I'm ready for action. Right. Yeah. You know, and like to bring this back to what we were talking about previously with um, Leia, you know, in the sequel trilogy, the first time that we get to see her, she's walking off this um, transport at like that bar that they, yeah, planet hop to, and she's got on like basically like the Star Wars version of jeans and a t-shirt with a mm-hmm. vest over it. You know, and then in the in the second in the second, well, number eight, the Last Jedi, <laughs> we see her basically decked out in like, oh, I'm really important clothing, right? Yeah, you know, and so. Phantom Menace took the costuming to a whole nother level. He, like. he finally had money. Right? Yeah. Padme I mean, was all done up. So I remember um, when she had her makeup done in the in that first film, number one, they're, she has like this little red kind of geisha-esque, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like her face is completely painted white. Yeah. She's got little bits of coloring on it. And she had this little thing on her lower lip in the middle. There was like a little red line i don't really know how to describe it and i remember reading something back then where it was like that all girls are going to do that oh sure and copy that and this is going to be like a fashion trend and from what i could tell no one ever did it but like i'm just saying like if some girl in my high school like walked around with like that little thing i'm like you saw that movie and i think that maybe i'll pay attention to you yeah right right well i guess that's pretty interesting so you know geishas are entertainers Right. So it's interesting to, to dress up your queen as somebody who's typically there to entertain you. So to continue to play out this kind of this thought experiment. Yeah. Geisha were there. They were entertainment, but they held like like a ceremonial place in culture. Mm-hmm. Like if you, like if you just put this nicely sponsored a geisha that was super popular. Yeah. Like that brought fame and respect and prestige. Sure. To everybody involved. in. It. If I'm understanding this correctly, I mean, it's a lot like back in the day when, you know, performers, you would have patrons and they would be like, Hey, come by my place. 
play play in my court it'll bring a bunch of people i'll pay you you know same sort of deal right like they're just trained in in song dancing singing having conversations but Mm -hmm. you know like that their whole thing was to for other people's enjoyment right very odd yeah and it's like it's a a trained thing right like you would go somewhere and practice and train to be this entertainer there's a science to it yeah yeah and so like one thing that i've always thought because master woods uh uses that in her in her question like like the idea of costuming like what does it say about like the like the real world inspirations for Mm -hmm. you know some of these ideas well the jedi in, in part were based on like these almost bedouin tribes you know, from like the Middle East and Africa and they wore light colored tan robes, you know? And so like, you could very easily see that translate into the movie, you know? And like, it isn't until kind of later in the production of Star Wars where you get the idea of like a normal sized lightsaber and like a short handled lightsaber called a Shoto. That always, to me, felt like the two swords that a samurai would carry. They had a longer sword for your we need to go out and have a battle fighting mm-hmm. and then if you lost or were shamed or something you use the little the little one to kill yourself basically right yeah so like they have these two swords they have specific meanings you know and here they do here is this another like bridge between these two ideas that we see represented in star wars and so i like the the question that she poses because i think understanding or drawing these parallels like where do we see these things that show up in star wars where they come from what's the inspiration from it it's one thing to to look at something and know something is cool to you Mm -hmm. it's another thing when you understand where that something comes from yeah and so like when i read her question my thing was if I learn anything about the inspiration for star Wars and I learn something that happened in the real world that inspired this thing that I care about so much, like I now have an appreciation for that culture, that group that inspired something that is so cool, you know? And so like, that's what, I mean, we, we talk a little bit about like trying to bring things out of star Wars into our real lives. This is something that I try and do is like, if I go just that next level of investigation, like a quick internet search, or I read an article that takes a couple of minutes and I'm like, oh, I didn't know that Jedi robes were based upon this Bedouin cult, or not cult, this Bedouin tribe mm-hmm. in the Middle East. And I learn anything about that. Like I can appreciate something of those people. Yeah. You know, and like, we, we talk, we have talked a little bit about inclusivity here on the show. Like this is where it starts for me is being able to say, Hey, I don't know much about you or like where you're from or who you guys are, like your base, but like, I know this one thing, can we have a conversation, you know, or can I go and learn a little bit more about it? Yeah. You know, and if it's framed in this positive light, like that's doing something. So whether it's like the costumes that master woods points out, or if it's like the idea of the force or like the, the two swords that the Jedi, you know, may carry, you know, all of these things are presented to us under this banner of something that we kind of universally are attracted to. 
and I think of it like a doorway to like learning cool things about us as we were, you know, however long ago. Yeah. You know, so well, that's I, the point of st- storytelling, right? It's to yeah. kind of introduce that's what culture, that's why culture is so important. Yeah. You know, and I just, I don't, I mean, I just think it's cool. Yeah. You know, you heard it here first. Star Wars is cool. Yes. It took us 23 episodes, but we got there. 24. 24. I knew we'd get there. Yeah. Ugh. Journey's in, folks. You heard it here. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that was a good one. I liked it. Yeah. Again, um, you can always tell us what you thought, or if you have questions or thoughts on what we said, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mediocre conversations at gmail.com. We'd be happy to accept your praise. Yeah. Not criticism though. No, no. You keep that shit to yourself. Okay. Right. We don't want to hear it. No. Cause praise if it's anything, guess. we want to stay mediocre. Right. And if you help us see it differently, we might tick over into good accidentally. Yeah. We don't uh, want to raising we, the bar is not something. Yeah. We're, we've we're worked all... a lot on this brand yeah. and uh, we'd like to kind of keep it kind of. So thanks everybody. You can't see, yeah. you can't see it on. That's how good we, we still, we still, you know, do actions expecting mm-hmm. you to get them to understand what we're doing. Yeah. Okay. Bye everybody. Yeah. See you, Drew. See you, Tom. May the fourth be with you, everybody.